Hey everybody, Saul Marquez here with the Outcomes Rocket. Are you going to health? That's H-L-T-H. It's the largest and most important conference for health innovation. H-L-T-H, pronounced health, is a one-of-a-kind ecosystem event for the health industry, and they're on a mission to bring together 5,000-plus senior leaders to solve the most pressing problems facing healthcare today and actualize the most promising opportunities to improve health. They bring together senior leaders from across, across payers, providers, employers, investors, fast-growing startups, pharma, policymakers, and innovation centers to ask one question. How do we create the future of health? I'll be there, and I hope to see you there too. If you use Outcomes Rocket Podcast 150 as the promo code, that's Outcomes Rocket Podcast 150, you'll get $150 off your ticket. Looking forward to seeing you there. Go to hlth.com to sign up. That's hlth.com. Use that promo code, Outcomes Rocket Podcast 150. And I am excited to see you there. I'll even have a booth recording some podcasts live at the event, the MGM in Las Vegas. So, so excited to see you there. Don't be afraid to say hi. And uh, we're going to learn a lot there. So HLTH.com. Welcome back to the Outcomes Rocket. Saul Marquez here again. Thank you for tuning in. Today, I have the privilege of hosting Ken Robbins. He's the CEO and founder of Response Mind Health, a marketing agency that helps healthcare and wellness companies like yours grow their new customers and patients. Since 2001, RMI has served healthcare clients, including Liberty Medical, Hover Round, Back Pain Centers of America, and Med Express, among others, to do the best for their clients. With over 20 years of consumer marketing experience, Ken is a thought leader in the space. And today we're going to be diving into the idea of healthcare consumerism, what that means to you. We're going to be diving deep. And, and uh, fascinatingly enough, Ken has also been a featured contributor to the best-selling book on social media called Socialnomics. So, so it's going to be a really great talk today and uh, really thrilled to have Ken join us on the podcast. Ken, welcome. Thank you, Saul. I appreciate it. Glad to be here. So, Ken, did I leave anything out in the intro that you want to share with the listeners about you? Um, let's see. I think that uh, although we have a focus on healthcare and medical marketing and uh, patient acquisition and, and um, direct-to-consumer uh, patient marketing, we also have a, a lot of experience in the world of retail marketing. We work with Home, uh, home Depot, Staples, um, Rooms to Go, large multi-channel retailers and e-commerce players. And this is, uh, I think, material because some of what we'll talk today will expose how um, how how medical providers can benefit from some of the tricks and strategies that retailers use to get to consumers. I think that's really insightful, Ken, and 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 a and a worthy point of making is that there is this other side of your business that does take care of retail marketers. You've been applying, you know, this cross-pollination of, of, of strategies and, and what worked for retail successfully for a lot of your clients on the healthcare side. We'll dive into that. But I want to know, firstly, what got you into healthcare? 
Well, ever since we opened our doors in 2001, we've had medical marketing um, clients, and they've been direct-to-consumer clients like Hoveround and Liberty Medical, which um, Liberty Medical worked in the world of um, diabetic testing supplies and those kind of things shipped directly to consumers. So we've always been in it, but um, I um, had a health transformation. In fact, my whole family, as my wife and I have had health transformations. Hmm. I was hit by a drunk driver in 2006. Yeah. That led to a big sedentary lifestyle and a lot of weight gain. I, at one point, I was 329 pounds. Wow. And in 2012, two things happened. Mm-hmm. Um, my wife got breast cancer, and mm-hmm. she is incredibly healthy today. And she did it with a combination of um, medical procedures, uh, surgeries, and but she declined, even as a stage four breast cancer patient, she declined all chemo and radiation. And she took on a much different path for the post-surgical um, um, treatment. And she very alternative, drinking carrot juice, wow. 50 pounds of carrot juice every month and taking supplements and you know, she really quarterbacked her own care and now she is in remission and wow. it's been stunning. And my health transformation was that in, and it started in 2012, between 2012 and 2014, I lost 60 pounds and over the, the a four year period, I lost 129 pounds. And I did it by using apps on my phone, counting calories, measuring foods. I didn't really do it through exercise. It was more food management and nutrition. Those two things and I was thinking about what's the purpose of our company? We've gotten bigger. We've, you know, got more than 10 million in revenues and, uh, you know, a, a good legacy. We've worked with all these great clients. What's the purpose of what we do? And it was deciding that as I hit 50 years old, I wanted to do something more meaningful. Mm-hmm. We took a sort of a hard uh, 30 degree turn to port into healthcare and into wellness and fitness. So healthcare, wellness, and fitness is the, is the primary focus of all new client activity now. Wow. You know what? That's uh that's a great story. I really appreciate you sharing that Ken and, you know, just hearing about the health transformations that you, your wife, your family have, have made and how that's translated into your business. You know, I, I often feel like businesses are, are an extension of ourselves and, and what we could do to, to provide value to the, to the, to the folks listening today. Uh, what's that hot topic that needs to be on Health Leaders Agenda, Ken? And, uh, and how are you and your organization making a difference? Well, I would say, you know, healthcare it seems to always be in a state of chaos, whether it's regulations and compliance and new bodies of law or it's new machines and treatments, you know, that's all on the production side of what they do. But over the last decade, um, with the advent and, and uh, you know, democratization of the internet, there's another transformation that's take place and it's really a health consumerism revolution. And I use the word revolution rather than the word disruption. We, we think in terms of business as this is a disrupting, but disruption, the definition is really a temporary interruption in service. A revolution is a wholesale change in the way things are done, a wholesale change in society. And when that revolution occurs, the, that, that populace is never going back to the old way of doing things. Hmm. They are only going with the new way of doing things. And so, 
with the advent of the internet, and this has led to new levels of information and new levels of service for consumers, and the laggard in all industries, technology's changed, entertainment has changed, e-commerce has changed, the laggard has been healthcare. The service level, it does not meet the expectations of the consumer. And I mean that on several fronts in terms of pricing to value, in terms of information in the system, and in treatment of the patient as a customer. Those three things are laggards. And so I think this is critical because it will, it will bury um, businesses, often called hospitals, that don't rise to this standard. Nobody would have thought 15 years ago that Sears was going to go out of business. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nobody's. Yeah, so this is what I think is, you know, this is the great challenge. Now, there are a lot of great, there are a lot of institutions rising to meet it. You know, the larger ones have great capacity and and uh, ability to withstand this change. And, you know, they can move a little slower, but medium-sized uh, hospitals and individual medical providers, they can't, you, you must act now because the consumer's demanding it. Well, I think it's a, it's a great point, Ken. And it, as, we, as we think about this consumerism, what are you doing today to, to get ahead of this? You know, there's, there's companies coming up that are going to pose a threat to you. If you're one of those companies listening, you're like, yep, that's me. And, and the differentiator service and the differentiator is, is ease of access. So, so Ken, give us, give us an example of how your company is helping clients create results by doing things differently. Okay. Well, there's three things that we focus on um, that, and this is really a transition. So you've been doing, as a medical provider, you've been doing business a certain way. Um, Patients are referred to you. They come into your office, you do a treatment uh, and, uh, and prescribe an, uh, a treatment and then maybe a follow-up and, and, and hopefully your patients get well and, and they're off back to their lives. But this transition is on, on three fronts and this is where we help or we, we try our best to serve clients and help them. The first one is we help them understand how the customer experience must change, um, how, how the how they're found, how they locate, how they give information, and how they serve them in their office, how they follow up with them to ensure customer satisfaction. Retailers, for example, are obsessed over customer satisfaction. So on the front of consumer experience, the second area is in in in, in um, transitioning to to using retail marketing techniques and retail techniques to engage with consumers because the retail industry is in the most aggressive, most rapacious competitive environment. And so you can learn from how they deal with incredibly high levels of limber um, and agile competition. And the third thing is we help them understand that you must, if if you're gonna move to compete in a war for customers, you must think about marketing directly to consumer and doing that on an ROI basis, not merely just branding, but using metrics and data to drive how you attract new patients to your practice and facility. So here's an example of how we help do that. We work with a very large um, uh, spine uh, orthopedics neurosurgery group, and 
over the course of a couple of years, we helped them transition to bringing in um, 3,500 surgeries a year to bringing over 7,000 surgeries a year in the same facility with adding no more doctors, no over, more physicians. Over the course of how much time? Over the course of uh, three years, two and a half, three years. That's uh, pretty, pretty amazing. And the, the second thing is that we help them lower their costs by, of, of patient acquisition, actual new patient acquisition by over 50% in that same period of time. How did we do it? We helped them work on their conversion funnel, their landing pages, um, how fast they respond to people um, uh, inquiring about um, an MRI review or a consult. And the second thing is we showed them how to scale from the channels they were in, which were maybe half digital, half online, to scaling up their digital marketing, which can be incredibly measurable, incredibly efficient. To in ways they they didn't realize, you know, just really build that up. So they began to move more money into online channels where their customers were, and then attract those customers more efficiently, which helped drive both volume and increase the efficiency. Well, I think that's a, a an amazing example, and it, it's it's not that hard, folks. Uh, but the thing is, you got to know what you're looking for. You got to know what to do. I. You know, Ken, an example that I use all the time and I, and I, when I talk to people about these kinds of things is, is my wife and I went to Maui. Um, it was probably like five, six years ago. We were, it was February, so we were going to go see some of the whales. And uh, I'll tell you, man, we, we took different vantage points, got close, looked from far. We didn't see whales anywhere. We got on a boat, a specific whale watching boat tour, and the tour guide told us, this is what you have to look for. This is what they do. And it was like magic. Like all of a sudden we started seeing water spouting, fins splashing, tails splashing, kind of small movements. And I remember looking at my wife and we drove away. We were on the, on the mountaintop looking down and, and we, would, we saw whales everywhere, Ken. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I think about what you do like that, right? You just like we don't know. We don't know the stuff that you know, but when you give us those insights, it makes it easier. Well, yes. I, I you know, we all need guides. I hire, I hire probably at least a consultant every year for some area of the business, whether it's HR or um, sales or customer service. Um, you know, so I think that um, I, I've found this to be true in my own life. Mm -hmm. And, and my, my partners and sometimes my executive team laughs at me because they know when I'm reading a new book, <laughs> everything we all need to know has already been done, solved for by someone and they've written a book about it. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, so a great book is Tested Advertising Methods. It was written 25 years ago. It has every secret you can imagine for headlines, value propositions, uh, how to test things. 25 and it, years ago? Yeah, it was written before the and, internet age. And it's fantastic. And do you think it still works? Absolutely. Really? It's mandatory reading in our company. Is that right? Huh. Yes. Tested advertising methods. Mm -hmm. There you go, folks. Great recommendation. Uh, okay, so, so, I mean, phenomenal, right? I mean, who wouldn't want to double their business in three years? I would. And, uh, and, and, uh, and so interesting to think about that, that opportunity even exists to do that. Give us an example, 
can of maybe when something hasn't worked out, like what's a mistake that has created issues, but then you really learned from it and became better? Well, that's an easy one because I can point very clearly to, uh, in our, in our 20 year history, the biggest mistake I, I ever made and the biggest single mistake I, and it's not even in the medical, uh, world. It is, uh, I had Home Depot as a client, mm -hmm. an independent local agency based in Atlanta with, um, a Dow 30 component retailer as a client. And we helped them move into the internet age. They, in the beginning, had uh, less than $15 million in online revenues. By the time our relationship ended, they had $1.2 billion in, in revenues attributed to, to online sales. Yeah, it was, it was great. And it was, they, were they were a fantastic company all the way around. But what I, what I failed to understand was, I, I thought at that time, this is a huge lesson for me, and this is back in 2009, that that my team's production of new sales was the key to them um, retaining us as an agency and, and being our customer. And they fired us in 2009. In July of 2009, I had to lay off 22 people in one day in a company of 60 people. Wow. And it was uh, humbling. But what I learned from that was, is that my, I'm hired to accomplish a financial objective for clients and help them grow their, their customer base or their patient volume, if you will, but that they expect more and they expect a better service experience from me. They expect me to be perfectly aligned and attuned to their changing goals, uh, the difficulties they have, helping them manage their budget, things that go outside of just managing the marketing. And so I really, after that, I went on a, on, a, on a quest, and that quest was to discover how to retain clients longer. It was literally um, a, re a retention quest. But that, that retention quest was probably the wrong goal. That was the proxy. That led me to a book, a book entitled Trusted Advisor, mm -hmm. which was written five or six, uh, maybe, maybe eight years ago, by a guy named Charles Green. Trusted Advisor Transformed the way I think about customer service and client service in the professional services industry. And all of our, I brought Charles's team in my entire, oh, you did? Huh. yeah, my entire uh, uh, client service layer and, and leaders in the company have all been trained and trusted advisor thinking. And you know what it is? It's not so much do this, do that. It's more of a context change where it, we had to, the problem wasn't the client, like Home Depot, the problem was us. We were thinking transactionally. We go in, we manage your marketing, we get paid. But this is, it moved us to the mindset of being an advocate, moving over in their shoes and thinking about all the difficulties that an enterprise level client, a hospital, for example, faces. Mm -hmm. Politics, budget constraints, HIPAA compliance, all the things in thinking about all those difficulties and all they want is there is not just their marketing to be effective. They need it to be smooth and easy. So now we focus on making uh, the, the way they engage with us and helping them create smooth and easy marketing for them. What, how can we take the load off? It's really a servant sort of perspective. That book transformed me. And I would say, you know, break, we, we have this phrase breakdowns lead to breakthroughs. And that's clearly a case where a huge breakdown in the company 
with our largest, single largest client, led to a breakthrough for us. And it took about four years for us to really mm -hmm. discover this. What a great insight, Ken. And uh, wow, you know, I'm just thinking through, and it is important, right? I mean, what are you doing beyond transactional? And, and, and it's key. And so a, a component of the, of the listeners, Ken, are, you know, providers. So, you know, a lot of, a lot of physicians and, and hospital executives, but we also have a good amount of industry. So as, as we think about this type of marketing and the insights that you're offering, how could a medical device company or a pharma company or, or, or a digital therapeutic company take advantage of, of, of this method? Well, I think that, um, so here's a, here's a, uh, great example. My fitness pal, that's an online yep. platform, right? That's a under armor now. Yeah. Yeah. It's owned by under armor. Um, I used my fitness pal and my weight loss journey and it's a great tool, but it frustrates me in many ways. It frustrates mm -hmm. me for the number of ads that I have to see. Can I pay for premium? Yes. But when I look at the feature list for premium, it's just not that much greater. I mean, I would, I would be happy to pay for the, for the premium version of it, but I, I don't see that I get that much more. And there's no promise of eliminating all the, all the ads that come through and making the interface easier. It's just, you know, it's a, it's a, they don't understand how, how difficult it is to use the device to pull out data, see trends, like even the date ranges in the, in the system. I can't set the date ranges in shorter than say one week in order to see a pattern, um, you know, of, of, of whether my nutrition levels or uh, protein levels or macronutrients or anything like that. So I think that um, uh, anyone selling to customers, doesn't matter the industry, they have to step out of their shoes and step over into the customer shoes and see how frustrating it is to use their product or their service. It's think about this. It's crazy that medical providers have gotten so efficient. They've driven costs down so much that you 100% of the time get a, um, a voicemail system or an IVR when you call in. Now, I don't know if you've ever, if you have kids, but I, you know, if you've ever had daughters and they played soccer, mm -hmm. I don't understand why they're EMTs on the football field at every game. They have pads and helmets. Mm -hmm. There are more concussions on a soccer field than in any other sport I've ever seen. I've watched several daughters yeah. over the years being carried off a soccer field because they clonked each other at a full head-on collision. Well, think about that. That. The, 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 the mom puts the daughter in the back of the SUV and the, and the daughter is disoriented and she's concerned about her. She's laying down, you know, asking her questions. She's trying to rush her to urgent care or to, um, to an emergency department. And she's dialing the number, maybe wanting to ask questions. Hey, I'm going to this urgent care. Let me um, call them and let them know I'm coming and ask questions. And the first thing she gets while her daughter's riding in the back seat is press one for billing, press two for um, to reach your uh, uh, patient care coordinator, press three for, and um, then you get on the phone and you, you know, there's so many questions. There's not the sense of urgency about the customer experience. Um, so I think that is, 
that's probably the greatest piece of advice I could offer is put yourself in the customer's shoes. What friction are you creating in buying your product or using your product? Great advice. So if we had to take a look at the other side of the coin, Ken, you know, you, you offered us that moment, you know, when Home Depot went away, you laid off 22 people, insights four years later. I mean, now you guys are doing so well. What's one of your proudest experiences to date in what you do? Well, um, I, there, there are a number of things I'm proud of. They usually relate to other people's accomplishments, you know, Mm -hmm. landing a large client or, or, or someone succeeding in a way they, they hadn't, uh, hadn't planned to. But I think that if you're asking me for me personally, and I did this, this really wasn't at the time of the accomplishment, I lost 126 pounds over a five-year period. Mm-hmm. And uh, as I think I may have mentioned to you before, I didn't really do it with, um, with a lot of exercise. Although I did exercise, that wasn't the driving factor. It was um, putting less in. It was mm-hmm. changing my diet. And I was already vegan. I haven't eaten meat in 26 years, but I was, a, I was 329 pounds at one point. So this is what makes me prideful about that. It's not the fact I'm, I'm thinner and can now buy off the rack instead of in the Excel department. Yep. It's the fact that other people in my company have lost weight and mm. they will tell me, I started this because you lost so much. I went to dinner with you and you refused to have bread and you didn't have pasta and you ate a huge salad while I ate steak. <laughs> and then, you know, my... Um, there are multiple executives in my company that have lost more than 25 pounds and three or four that have lost more than 75 pounds. Wow. And, and most of them point to watching me go through my trans, uh, transformation over a four or five year period. And um, that, it's incredibly gratifying. That makes it like, wow, well, I can't, it's actually, it's inspiring and buttressing against getting heavy again. It makes me more conscientious about how I eat, knowing that other people are taking a cue from what I did. Yeah, congratulations on that, Ken. I mean, that, that, that was not easy. No, but it was, it, you know, but it was worth it. And uh, it, it was, you know, it was, no, it wasn't easy, but it wasn't not easy. I mean, at the end of the day, I'd, Unlike my wife, I didn't have to fight cancer. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> you know, that's yeah, a, no, that's true. It's a good point. So, it's a good point. Um, yeah, you know, and and I, you know, one of my favorite quotes, Ken, is "You're the average of your five closest peers." And oh, yeah. the fact that you did that, you're really—I mean, it, it shows, right? Everybody around you is doing it too, which is amazing. What you've been able to do to positively impact the health of of your company. Well, thank you. Thanks. So tell us about an exciting project you're working on. Well, we have spent the last several years um, working in the hospital environment and Mm -hmm. uh, meeting with hospitals, consulting with them, um, working with them as clients. And I think that um, in the last few months, my head of client services and I have, um, been working on what's the next stage for us, what's the next thing we should focus on. And the most exciting thing I think that's going on at Response Mind Health 
is our push into telehealth marketing. So all the hospitals now nationwide have telemedicine on their radar, or they have the capabilities, or they have large installed bases. I mean, uh, a, a Cleveland Clinic just gave a, a presentation this last weekend about the tens of thousands of people that they have signed up for, for telemedicine. But with this is truly retail competitive because now if you're a hospital, let's say, you have a market service area, uh, uh, you know, the city you work in and your footprint, but with telemedicine and telehealth, you can go nationwide. You can reach into the most rural parts of the state you're operating in and people can use your service. That means now every hospital will have the ability to compete with every other hospital. Isn't that amazing? And most mm -hmm. of the states in the last three or four years have enacted legislation to allow medical providers to cross state lines using telemedicine and telehealth. So it's gonna be a hotly contested market. We've decided that we're gonna dedicate and make a huge push into helping market telemedicine and telehealth and track the competitive environment so that people can, you know, clients can understand what are the features, service levels and pricing that we have to pay attention to in order to be competitive and how do we have to deliver it and then helping them directly market it and acquire patients and customers to be um, uh, you know on their telehealth platforms that that's probably the most exciting thing to me because it's just exploding as a service offering and it gives it gives medical providers a lot of leverage mm -hmm. yeah that's a that's that is definitely exciting ken and you know, it is uh, it is a growing field, and we're getting closer. There's there's regulations that are are changing that are uh, making it more favorable to providers. So I, I think it's really interesting that you decided to to focus on that. Uh, and uh, and and with the the track record that you have, Ken, I'm sure you'll you'll definitely have success. So getting into the uh, leadership course, we're gonna build a little leadership course here the ABCs of Ken Robinson. And so I've got a lightning round for you, four questions, followed by a book that you recommend to the listeners. You ready? Okay. All right. What's the best way to improve healthcare outcomes? Give obsessive customer service. What's the biggest mistake or pitfall to avoid? Oh, that would definitely be dismissing a patient's self-directed research. They go on the internet, they research things, they come to the table with more knowledge than they used to. Hmm. How do you stay relevant as an organization despite constant change? Well, um, taking a cue from retailers, that's definitely committing to surveying customers about the service and experience that they have in buying from you. What is an area of focus that drives everything in your company, Ken? Um, I would say measuring everything and that measuring um, everything from customer service to um, activity levels to projects. I have, a, I, at my core, I have a measurement organization from top to bottom. Love that. And what book would you recommend to the listeners? Well, that's a good question. That's a, I really love this. This is probably my favorite question of, of today because it's not a business book. It's the book Blue Zones by a fellow named Dan Buettner. Hmm. And have you ever heard of it? You know what? Uh, I, I, I've heard of the Blue Zones, but not the book. Well, 
the book is just the, the, the end result of Dan Buettner's research into longevity and vitality on the planet. And he discovered these five societies in the world that have statistically significant longer lifespans. And as a, re, as, as a you know, correlation of that, they have statistically si significant levels of, of absence of the four or five major uh, diseases of old age, osteoarthritis, cardiovascular, uh, cancers, and dementias. And it's amazing because it's all lifestyle, community, and food. Hmm. None of these communities from Costa Rica to Okinawa to Ikarina, Greece, they don't go to gyms. <laughs> it's not gym memberships <laughs> that drives longevity and vitality. It's yeah. the food they eat in their lifestyle. So blue zones. I love it. I give it away to everybody. Do you? And, and it, it really falls into, into place with how you live your life and, and how you run your company. I mean, it's that whole lifestyle, what you eat, it, everything that you do there could really impact your health. And these people are living like to, to their, they're, they're centenarians, right? I mean, these, these, the blue yeah. zone areas. Yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah. They live to be 90 in their 90s. And not only that, they live with a lot of vitality. So in America, we think of people living in their 90s and maybe up to 100. A lot of them are on walkers and wheelchairs. You know, these people are still practicing medicine. There's a, there's a cardiologist in uh, Loma Linda, California at 94 who's still doing open heart surgeries. Wow. Wow. That is interesting. And, and, and you know, I, I, I think about that. It's, it's something that we need to strive for, you know, not just longevity, but health span. Yeah. Oh, I love that phrase. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do, let's, let's increase our health span. I'm going to pick this one up. Ken, I, I haven't, uh, I haven't read it, but I'm, you know, I, I'm, I'm always looking for ways to stay healthier and, and I love the idea of learning from people that have done it well. And, uh, and so appreciate you uh, making that recommendation. Great. Ken, a question that I that I uh, that I've been asking uh, more because it's actually really fun <laughs> is uh, is is if you can have lunch with anybody, anybody in the world, who would it be? Let's see. Um, who would it be? Well, I I uh, man, you put me on the spot. <laughs> There's so many great people. Do they have to? Could they have to be alive? <laughs> Probably. Well, they would. You could tell me who you would if they yeah. weren't, but then there has to be a live person. <laughs> yeah. All right. That's fair. Well, probably yeah. I would say um, this fellow uh, Dan Butner, who wrote the Blue yeah. Zones. I'd love yeah. to have lunch with him because I know the. You know, when you write a book, that's the distillation of everything you know. And you have to leave out so much. A great book, a great movie always has so much left on the cutting room floor. And I would love to sit with him and and learn more about some of the stories and wisdoms that he picked up as he's meeting people, you know, octogenarians and people in their 90s and centarians. I don't know what people in their 90s are called, but people in their 90s. And yeah. I'd love to hear some of those stories from him. Maybe octogenarians. Yeah. <laughs> Just a guess. Um Man, no, no, Octa would be 80, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good question. Uh, we'll have to look that up. Maybe you know. You're listening, you know. <laughs> um, so it, it, fascinating, uh, and, and knowing you can, you'll probably go sit down with them here um, you know, in a year or so. 
but uh, fascinating decision there. Before we conclude, I'd love if you could just give us a closing thought and the best place where the listeners could continue the conversation with you. Well, the closing thing I would say, and I hope this is what people take away from from this interview. And by the way, I appreciate these these questions. These are thoughtful, and you know, uh, this is a you've given me a good forum to to you know share some of my learnings over the last twenty years. Um, the closing thought that I would have is is a, a rallying point around this idea that the top retailers in the world, and even now, top health systems are committing to this idea of obsessing over the customer. Cleveland Clinic, for example, took all 40,000 of its employees and put them through a full day of customer service training and thinking about from the customer standpoint. And what they, they, they changed things as a result of that, like their parking lot and wayfinding. They realized we have a huge campus. Somebody drives 800 or 1,000 miles to get to us. And then they get here and they're filled with anxiety. We have so many buildings, they don't know where to go. We've got to change our parking lots to make it easier to exactly precisely find where their appointment is. So they're comfortable and it's a smooth experience. That's obsessing over the customer. And that, when you begin to think about the customer experience, it gives you a competitive advantage. So that is, that's the primary thing I would love for, for the listeners to take away from, from my time on the show today. If there's anything I can do to help it, it, in, in transforming or improving um, uh, a provider's business, a medical device company's business, the marketing is where I focus. And I would love the chance to, to speak to any of your listeners about helping them. If it, uh, just to consult with them I'm, or to pick my brain, I'm happy to do that. Because I, what I strive for is I want more health and, in this country. And more health will come from people being better at providing that health and the customer experience and acquiring patients. So the way to get hold of us is um, my telephone number is uh, 404-475-0777. And it's ken.robbins at responsemind.com. And it's two B's, right? Yes, two B's. R-O-B-B-I-N-S. Yes. And we'll leave that uh, email in the show notes for everybody. Just go to outcomesrocket.health in the search bar, type in response mine, M-I-N-E, and you're going to find it there. Ken, really appreciate the, the words of wisdom. I think everybody listening today is going to you know, go forth, try to be a trusted advisor, step out of their shoes, step into their buyer's shoes and recognize, I hope so that the revolution's happening now and, and we got to get ahead of it. So Ken, really appreciate uh, your time and your insights. Saul, thank you. <laughs>